Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. The book of Psalms, chapter 133. Amen. Thank you, praise team. What a touch of God. What a touch of God. Amen. When you're able to come to the house of the Lord and you feel the refreshing touch of His Spirit, we're so thankful. Amen. I'm so thankful that my mom is here. So thankful that she's here. Amen. And to any of our guests today, we're so glad that you're here. I got to meet Joseph. Joseph before church. We're so glad Joseph's here. Would you welcome him? Amen. So thankful. And... Um, Praise the name of the Lord. Psalms 133 and 1 teaches us about unity. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Not just being together, but together in unity. The Bible tells us that that a about being with in good company is is with bitter herbs is better than a a stalled ox in a house full of contention. Let me put that in layman's terms. Are you ready? Bad food in unity is better than filet mignon in a house full of contention. You can be together but not in unity. Unity has a peace about it. Back in the hills, now you even said here in southern Ohio that, man, it was so thick. Speaking of contention, you could, you could cut it with a knife. How many of you have walked in somewhere and nothing was said, but you're like, you can feel contention. But there's nothing like unity. Hey, man, I feel unity in the building. I'm glad the anchor's unified. Would you clap your hands and thank God that there's unity in the building. We love one another. Behold, how good. Somebody shout, how good. And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. It's like the precious ointment that ran down the the beard of Aaron from his head to his feet. Talking about order, talking about unity. When the anointing came upon the priest, the atmosphere was changed. The smell of the anointing. Verse 3 talks about power. Verse 2 talks about atmosphere, but verse 3 talks about power. And the power is as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And so, verse talks, number one talks, says good and pleasant. Verse two talks about atmosphere. Three talks about power. Unity brings atmosphere, but unity also brings power. Amen. I'd like to talk to you today about simply a word called community. And uh, uh, you can see that here. Amen. Church community. And so, would you lift your hands and ask God to speak to you tonight? Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for all that you do. We need you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. In, in the United Pentecostal Church Organization, which we're a part of, over 42,000 churches in the world, we're thankful for that. Amen. It's an organization we're in, 42,000 churches. But in the terms, when you begin to talk about this, you will, you will hear them talking about the children's ministry division. It used to be called the Sunday school division. You'll hear them, hear them talk about the youth division and the North American missions division, even the global missions division, the ladies' division and the men's division. It's probably not good to talk about church and division all at the same time. It's hard to talk about unity and division. 
and uh, probably could word that a little better even in our own local churches. And uh, I, I use it as an example when I was preaching this year at our conferences that, that it's not several missions, it's one mission. How I many know that? And so the statement that they have in the themes of children's ministry is save our children. One of the themes for our youth division is move the mission. The theme for uh, uh, talking about um, North American missions is go to the next town. And our global mi missions is called I Am Global. And uh, I sort of thought it this way. We save our children to move the mission to go to the next town so we can say I am global. And what we're doing is, is it all working together. We're not divisions. We are one mission. How many know we are one mission? And if we look at ourselves as separate people doing separate groups doing different things, we're not going to reach the mission. And so you'll learn that in church community, because church is a community, that's right. You live in a community, but the church has its own community. When you become a member of a local congregation, you learn that large churches operate in small groups. Everybody say large churches operate in small groups. I've had people to say things like at different moments, boy, I wish we could just all get together and just hang out. Well, it's hard to do that with several hundred people. We did that one time. It was suggested we all just hang out, every group come together, and we... We ended up, Brother Russell, what is now your house was the Christian's house before, but we had a couple hundred people hanging out in that house. Can you imagine that? It just doesn't work. I'm talking about it's full, but it's, it's too full. And no, there were no seats, people on the floor sitting on steps. I mean, it, it, my lands, it just didn't work out too well. Was it fun? Well, it was fun if you, you got inside and uh, for a limited amount of time. But large churches operate in small groups. But we cannot allow it to be, well, they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing. Oh, no. We understand that we are one church operating together, even in small groups. We believe that small groups matter at the Anchor Church. How many know that? Our love God. Uh, we love to grow. To go is our theme. We love. We grow. We go. When you come to the Anchor, you learn to love God and love His people. You also learn to grow. You're going to grow in the word of the Lord. You're going to grow in your ministry. You're going to find out who you are in God and what he's designed you to be. We, our, our, theme, our theme is restoring people to a greater purpose. How many believe that you come in broken, but God healed you, restored you, so you can make a difference in your generation? How many want to make a difference? Do you believe you're fearfully, do you believe you're fearfully and wonderfully made? We don't want you just coming to the anchor just attending. We want you to find your divine purpose. We want to help usher you in that. How do I do that, Pastor? I'm going to tell you how you can do that. You love by attending church. Amen. You love by attending church. You love God and you love his people by being faithful to the house of God. If a church service is going on, hey, I love God. I can't wait to be in this church service. We come Sundays. We come Wednesdays. Where's everybody at tonight? There's some watching online. There's some sick. There's some out of town. Our senior group is in Pennsylvania right now on, on a trip. We've got kids in one area of the church. We've got youth, and we've got young adults in another. In our youth center tonight, not everybody's in the building. They're being ministered to in a small group setting. Wednesday nights, we break out in small groups, but we grow by attending a small group. We want to be in a small group. There are different small groups, that activity groups, and uh, I don't see, Brother, Brother Gene, wave your hand back there. Brother Gene and Sister Cammie lead our small groups, and they have, they have a pickleball small group. Any pickleball players in the building? Yeah, I'm hoping to get a court here in the back so you can play during the winter. That's what we want to do. But it is something that you can, there's small, softball, there's basketball, there is ladies that different get-togethers get you can get. It's interest groups where you can get to know people because fellowship matters. How many know that? Everybody shout fellowship. And when you begin to look and do the word of the Lord, the Bible says they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread, amen, in prayer and breaking bread. It is important that we understand we need the doctrine. We need the teaching of the word. But we also need to be with each other. How many know prayer matters? Somebody shout prayer. 
but also breaking bread from house to house is you realize we need to be together. Why? Because when you're together, the Bible talks about iron sharpens iron and it causes you to become better because you're with the people of God. Amen. And so there's fellowship. We have different interest groups and I've talked about that. So I love God. I love his people. I show that by attending church. Number two, I can grow by attending a small group. I'm going to get to know people. Iron sharpens iron. Fellowship and teaching of the word in different groups. I'm going to grow and then I can go. I can lead a small group, teach a Bible study and win my world. How many believe we can make a difference in the world that we live in? Amen. And so... Large churches operate in small groups, and we, we, we value that. We appreciate that. There are general sessions. We have revivals. I think when we have revival on off nights, when it's Sunday through Wednesday, I think we should all participate. We should all come. How many know if it's Sunday, it ought to be a priority to be in the house of God? Can somebody shout amen? It's the Lord's day. We give that to him. That is where we value God. Amen on that day and said, hey, it's the Lord's day. I'm going to be at church. Let's get back to the scripture. Because if everybody is in this together and they are in the house of God together, there are verses like this that says where two or three are gathered together in my name. That's what Jesus said. What did he say? Where two or three are gathered together in my name? He said, there I am in the midst of them. I know you can feel Jesus by yourself, but he didn't save you to remain by yourself. When Adam was in the garden by himself, he said, it's not good that Adam is alone. I'm going to give him a companion. God wants us to be together. His word says two are better than one. Another verse says if one could put a thousand to flight, then two could put 10,000 to flight. It's the power of uniting. When you look at oxen, Oxen can pull about 3,000 pounds of weight by itself. But when you put two oxen together, they can pull upwards of 12 to 15,000 pounds of weight. Because one can pull 3,000, you would think two together mathematically can pull 6,000. But when you put them together, there's something that exponentially happens when you're working with somebody. It causes you to do more than just double what you were doing before. Can you say amen? Well, I can just get what I need at house, Pastor. I can just get it from reading the word of the Lord. Can I tell you, there's moments for that, but there is something that happens when you get God's people together. When they shout, walls come tumbling down. How I many know that? There's power in being in his house. Whether it's on a Wednesday, a Sunday, a revival service, it's important. That's why it's not, a, listen, not only a local assembly, but when different churches come together and have meetings, like our first Sunday service, something special happens when different churches come together. How about camp meetings? When you've got different groups from all over the state that gather together. How about our general meetings? When you've got different states that are coming together. There is something that happens when we step out of just us and what we're doing and we unite with somebody else and what they're doing, it creates a force to be reckoned with. Woo! What are we doing? We're coming to praise him. Can I talk to you today about community? Talk to you today about the importance of being in the house of God. About the importance of getting to know one another. A sign of a healthy church is when church is dismissed and people just linger around. I was told that many years ago, 25, 30 years ago. Sign of a healthy church is when people just linger. A sign of an unhealthy church is soon as the preacher's done and says, you're dismissed, that everybody scatters their cars and leaves. That's a sign of an unhealthy church. They're there out of obligation. They're not, they're not there for, they're, 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 they're coming in late, they're going to leave early, and they don't want to be around each other. That's why the anchor church is so awesome, because after church, they come in and flick the lights, try to get people to leave, especially the person who has to lock up. You know what they're saying? Unity's over. Amen. I'm going to create this unity. Hey, praise God. Because they can go home and go to bed. People will linger because they like being together. Let me go back to the verse. Amen. You can have bad food and good company. Who cares? But great food and bad company, it's a terrible night. But aren't you glad that we're in this together? All of us have one thing in common. 
Specifically, how many know we were all sinned and come short of the glory of God? We were sinners that saved by the grace of God. Amen. It doesn't matter where you come from. We've all got a story. We've all got a testimony and a background. But you know what? We've got one destination and that is heaven. How many want heaven to be your home? Would you clap your hands and shout, I want heaven to be my home. Praise the name of the Lord. And in Psalms 133, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. When I think of Christmas time, I think of family gathering. Don't you? Thanksgiving, I think of food and family gathering. I walked up, every now and then I walk in town because there's so much dysfunction and chaos. I walk up in town and I told a lady at Walmart one time, I said, well, Merry Christmas. She said, nope. She said, it's chaos for me. I said, what do you mean? She said, when our family gets together, we just fight. She said, I can't stand to get together. All we do is argue and fight. That's what she said. I thought, oh, that's sad. That all you do is argue and fight all the time. She's talking about family getting together. She dreaded that to get together. That is when you can have filet mignon. And it's terrible. Hey, Amen. I've been there. I'll tell you, it's awesome. When you come to church, you know, you just come and worship. It's pleasant. You know what else it is? It's good. Can't wait to get to the house of God because it's pleasant. It's good. I go to church with good people. Oh, man, can't wait to see them. I do. I think that when I'm out of town, I'm traveling, I'm not able to be here. I think I can't wait not just to go to church, but I can't wait to see the people of God. How many feel that way? Amen. I, somebody texted me the other day and said, I, was, I miss being with the people of God. They've been sick for a few services and unable even to be here tonight. They said, I miss being with the people of God. You know what they're saying? It's pleasant to be with good people. How I many you know unity is something we seek for? That's what I was preaching Sunday night. We've got to get contention out of our heart. That's why the Bible says, if you have ought with your brother, lay your gift at the altar and go make it right. And say, I don't want anything to be between us because it hinders my prayers. It hinders the atmosphere if we don't have unity. How I many know that? How fast should you forgive somebody? As fast as you can. The Bible says if somebody's offended you 70 times 7 a day, you forgive them. Why? Because atmosphere in a church matters. Amen. Unity in the church creates a powerful community in the church that people want to be there. Listen, the thing that makes a church great is when it's not about us. It's about Him. I'm not seeking for my will. I'm seeking for the will of God. I want to be what I'm supposed to be and be what He wants me to be. This isn't about what I think and what my ministry is and what my position is. Oh, no. I've just come to praise him. God has been good to me. If you offend me, guess what? It's going to be like water going off of a duck. I'm not let, holding it against anybody. Why? Because atmosphere matters. I want God to be pleased with me so there's going to be an atmosphere in the church. Oh, how many want to have a, a pleasant atmosphere in the church? We do. Amen. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not going to walk down that aisle to not to avoid somebody on this aisle. No, that's not unity. He said when you get together in unity, it's with exclamation. It is with excitement. When you get a church that's unified, people understand their role. Let's go to verse 2. Are you ready? Let's look at verse 2. It says, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt. Of his garments. Come here, Brother Mark Mealy. He poured oil over his head. Come on up here. Amen. Let's see. Let's see if you're in order or not. Amen. I'm not going to. But they would pour the oil and it would go from the head and go down the garment all the way to the to the bottom of the robe. And he said, anointing is like that. He said, unity is like the anointing. And it was, anointing was made of, of uh, just walk with me. Anointing was, what, was made with olive oil. It was made with calamus and myrrh and cassia. It was cinnamon. They were mixed into a, 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 a holy oil. It was measured out exactly what it was supposed to be. It was made into a holy ointment oil. And it was made after the art of the apothecary. That's what scripture says. You can read that in, uh, in Exodus chapter 30. 
and uh, verse 28, 29, you start reading that. It's mixed after the R of the apothecary. The word apothecary means fumist or chemist. It's the perfumer. It's the chemist that mixes the ingredients together. Every piece that was put into the olive oil came from brokenness. Anointing always comes from brokenness. Everybody say brokenness. It, it was a mixture from brokenness. And when you put it all together, it, it has a certain fragrance. You know what's amazing in the church is every single person in this building came from something in their life where you were broken. Abuse, betrayed, sickness, failure, mistakes. How many know this is true? And that God takes a piece of your brokenness and mixes it into worship of others. And it creates an atmosphere that I once was blind, but now I see. I once was wounded, but now I'm healed. Amen. And don't, can I say to the church, don't ever mock somebody's worship. I, I, I imitate my grandmother sometimes. I preach about a Sunday. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you should never degrade somebody's emotion in the church. How they worship or why they worship or why they're so excited. Because if you only knew where I come from, if you only knew what I've been through, if you only knew what God's delivered me from or saved me from or what he healed me from, you'd understand my worship. You'd understand my excitement. You'd understand why I clap my hands and wave my hand. It's an atmosphere of a worship. It was an atmosphere. And I'm going to show you something here. But he said when that anointing, it's like that's poured on Aaron, the high priest, the high priest's head. And it runs down his garment, down his beard, drips all the way, runs and soaks to the garment all the way down to the, uh, the skirts of his garments. It flows from the top down. When you're talking about two, uh, on verse two, about the unity is like the precious ointment. It's talking about the holy anointing oil. You could not make that anointing at home and use it as your perfume. It was only to be put up on the priesthood, those called of God. It wasn't to be displayed in the market. When you smelled it, you knew the priest is near. You knew that hope was near. When you smelled the anointing, you knew God's favor was upon their life. They were appointed of the Lord. Anointing is no accident. It was not to be put up on the flesh. It was not just to be poured upon uncovered. It was to be put upon somebody that had the garment of the priesthood. The ephod. They, they stood before God. What it meant was they were consecrated before the Lord. You know what makes a church unified? Is when the atmosphere is holy. That the unholy come in. And they are made holy because the atmosphere is holy. Woo! I'm going to preach to you right, what I feel right now. Come up here, Brother Mealy, can stand in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's amazing, honey. My eyes feel perfect tonight. You know I've struggled in my eyes for days, but I can see with a perfect vision tonight. For that, I'm very, very thankful. Hallelujah. It's been weeks since I can see the way I see today. Brother Michael, you were with me in the office when it happened. I told you today. But he said, moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of, and of cassia, 500 shekels. Shekels was a, was a weight. Uh, a, a, a shekel was, was 20 geras or 20 beans, and the bean was so consistent. It weighed the same every time. Amen. Everybody say God's measure. I don't want the church to be a, for man's measure. But when we are in order with what, how God wants it. The Bible says let everything be done in decency and in order. Not talking about an order of a church service. Not talking about planning center and having things in order. It's talking about the order of authority. Oh, somebody shout order. He said, when you get the, the mixtures together, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, Exodus 30 and 25. An ointment compound. Would you throw that up there? Exodus chapter 30 and verse 25. You can be seated, Brother Mealy. I'll get back to you maybe. Thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, the chemist, as I said. 
It shall be an holy anointing oil. And so in the Old Testament, we have real things that happen that are parallels to let us understand spiritual things that happen in the church. So in the Old Testament, they were patterns, shadows, and types of to let us understand what happens in the spirit in the New Testament church. In the Old Testament, there was physical oil, physical brokenness, cinnamon, casea, calamus, and myrrh. Oh, we don't anoint people with that oil today. When you get put into a position, we don't get the compound of the holy ointment of oil from the Old Testament and pour it over your head and everybody can smell that. Oh, no. It is symbolic to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Can I preach the way I feel right now? Jesus said in Luke 4 and 18, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to open the blinded eyes, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He began to tell them to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Because when the anointing of God's Spirit comes upon you through the Holy Ghost, it gives you power over blinded eyes. It gives you power over tumored bodies. It gives you power over a broken heart. The anointing of His Spirit can cause somebody to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Is there anybody here that says, I want to be anointed? I want the anointing of God up on my life. Somebody shout the anointing. And when you are anointed with oil, you are made holy. Somebody shout holy. Holy. And he would have been anointed with this anointing oil. It goes on and says, And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith. And the ark of the testimony. It's amazing that the priest smelled like the sanctuary. Do you have it? Are you with me? They anointed the doors. They anointed the tabernacle. They anointed the altar. Read on. Look what it says. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation and the table. Go ahead. You're, you're all right. And the table and his vessels and the candlestick and his vessels and the altar of incense in the holy place of the tabernacle, the tent, the sanctuary. There was the seven-tiered golden candlestick. There was the altar of incense. There was the table of shoe bread. They would have taken that holy anointing oil. They'd anointed the table. They would have anointed the altar of incense. They would have anointed golden candlesticks. So when they were ministering to that, you could smell the anointing. Atmosphere. It would have smelled like the holy anointing oil. It was a fragrance of the building. Close your eyes and just for a minute, stand in the tabernacle. It smells like the anointing. The same anointing in the sanctuary is the same anointing upon the priesthood. Praise the name of the Lord. There's not two anointings. There's not three anointings. It's not them and their anointing. Them and their anointing. That's their ministry. This is my ministry. It's one ministry. The person that operates the candlesticks smells just like that area. That smells just like those that work the altar. How many of Zachariah, Elizabeth's husband that had John the Baptist? He was at the altar of incense. That's right. Somebody that worked the candlesticks would have the same anointing as him. And where churches become divided is they think their ministry is more important than somebody else's ministry. And what he was saying was, it's like the anointing that flowed from Aaron's beard down to the hems or to the skirts of his garments. Are y'all ready for this? Watch, watch what it says on. And the altar burnt offering with all his vessels and the labor in his foot. You go outside the tabernacle, there was the, you would have, you walked out of the tabernacle going in the eastern direction, you found the, the labor. The labor was where they washed and cleansed themselves before they got into the sanctuary. You go before that, the first thing you would have seen when you come into the, the yard of the, the house of God was the big brazen altar. It was so big, every single instrument in the tabernacle that Moses built could be placed individually inside of the altar. Individually. You know why? Because the altar is the biggest thing to God. You can't get in there without first getting to the altar. And the altar is where you say, not my will, but thine doth be done. When you walk in, everybody hold your hand up just like this. Would you? Everybody hold your hand up and teach with me for a minute. It was the only instrument of the tabernacle that was elevated. They would build a mound of dirt and they would set the ark, excuse me, brazen altar upon a mound of dirt. 
You know why? It was representation of what Jesus would do for you and me. Because he said, if I be lifted up. I mean, all the lambs that were sacrificed on the altar. Are y'all with me tonight? In representation of the lamb that would be sacrificed at Calvary. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Can I say, no ministry of the church is ever to lift up a man. No ministry of the church is ever to be to lift up a person. Now, I know the Bible says give honor where honors due. We honor Sister Courtney Martin on her last service, moving away to be married 10 years of teaching Sunday school. It's okay to honor people. Thank you for your cards and your kind words. Thank you for telling the, 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 somebody in the church, thank you for serving. Thank you for being an usher. Thank you for being a host. I'm not telling you not to be thankful, but the only one that should truly deserve worship in a church is never a man. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that is to be praised. I mean, no, it's him that went to Calvary for you and me. Oh, somebody shout glory. And when everybody is coming to church for one purpose, it's not to be seen or just to see somebody. But you've come to the house of God to lift him up. I've come to praise him. Sing that song one more time. I want to give him glory. If he hadn't healed me, I wouldn't be here. If he hadn't saved me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I'm giving him glory. It's an atmosphere of unity that comes from the top. Somebody shout unity. Look what it says. And so the brazen altar was anointed, and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be uh, most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. Are you ready for this? Well, we shouldn't have sinners at the church because we're holy. Oh, no, 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 no. The whole purpose of being holy is so those that are unclean can come in and whatever touches that which is holy becomes holy. That's why they can come off the streets, come out of sin, and they get here and say, what's that I feel? What is that that's happening to me? They feel conviction moving on the inside. I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore, preacher. I was, I was broken till I got here. I want to go smoke a joint. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. But ever since I came to church on Sunday night, something got a hold of me. What was it? It was the holy anointing oil. I, I come to tell you, you don't have to leave unclean. You can leave holy because of the anointing of God. Everybody say it with me, and thou shalt sanctify them. You know what that means? It's not used for any other purpose. The word sanctify means to be made holy. What that means, it's set apart for a purpose. You're, 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 not, you're not using the labor to wash your dishes on Saturday and on Monday using the labor to cleanse the priest for the kingdom of God. No, 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 no. It has one purpose, to cleanse the priesthood. Are you, are you with me? You're, you're not using the brazen altar to set up something to, 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 to take care of. Uh, it's a shelf in your house to hold up something in one moment. Oh, no, no. It's solely used for sacrifice. Are you, are you with me right now? The altar of incense isn't something you're barbecuing chicken on with the men's outing. Because it has a grid on top and holds hot coals inside. And you're barbecuing chicken because it's men's outing. That's why, oh no, it doesn't have multiple uses. It has one use. It is to burn incense unto the Lord to show him worship. Can I tell you, the church should be that way. This church building, it ought to be giving God glory. It ought to be to give him glory. It should be a place. Come on, you can't have a rock band in here on, 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 on Friday night and then have a church band in here on Sunday and it be what it's supposed to be. It's a sanctuary. It, it, it's a sanctuary. It's for the holiness of God. Amen. That's why when we come in, as men, we take our hats off. That's why when we come in, we're not drinking coffee in the house of God. How many know that? Amen. When we come in here, we're here to worship. When you come to the house of God, you're turning Facebook off while you're in the house of God. You're turning, you're turning whatever off in the house of God. When you're in the house of God, you are, you are removing it. When I'm at the house of God, I've got my word out. I've got this. Are y'all with me right now? Yeah, if you're on call at work, it's one thing, but I'm not looking at my, when, I'm, when, I'm, when church has started, I'm giving him glory. Oh, my goodness. The kids aren't playing DS and Nintendo. Boy, I'm rambling right now. Come on. Boy, my kids, are, they got to have, the, no, they don't. When they're here, they ought to learn to be attentive. We don't have long services. Amen. Go back to the old days with Guy Smith. 
You can have a long church whether it's good or not. Amen. Am I telling the truth? It's going to be a long time. I got some stories about those days, but they believe long church was good church. It doesn't have to be long to be good. But while we're here, our eyes are on Him, our focus is on Him. I'm not worried about who doesn't shake my hand, who didn't see me. I haven't come to be seen. I've come to see him, that I may see Jesus. That's unity. That's you. Come on, clap your hands and praise the name of the Lord. Look what it says. And it, it goes on. It says, and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. The next verse is what I want you to see. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons. Consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. It's not talked about a lot because people don't want to talk about it anymore. But you don't ever forget what God told Moses. I will be gracious to who I'm gracious. I will be merciful to who I'm merciful. What he was saying, I'm going to use who I, cho- who, I'm going to use who I choose. Amen. You can't, you can't anoint you. A preacher. He's got to be God chosen. He's got to be God appointed. Is this what God has in our life? It's not the shuffling of numbers. It's not the casting of lots. It's God chooses somebody in your world. And that's my pastor. That's the priesthood in my life. And remember, the anointing always starts at the top. And it pours down his head down his garment, even to the skirts of his garments. It starts, everybody say it starts at the top. Flows all the way down. Oh yeah. Anointing starts at the top and flows all the way down to the church. You know what I'm saying is this, are you ready? Every area of the church should smell like the priest. The same anointing in the pastor should be the same anointing in the classroom. You can't have the pastor doing one thing and the youth pastor doing his own thing. You can't, have, you can't have the pastor preaching one thing and somebody in a corner preaching their own doctrine. That's not unity. That's what you call division. They have one conviction here, another conviction there, and you've got somebody believing something else here and something else there. That's disunity. It's disunity. But when you have one anointing, one flow of the Spirit, amen, one flow from the top all the way through, that the nursery has the same anointing as the, as the sanctuary. That the young adults are hearing and teaching and feeling the same thing. That a daughter work is doing the same thing that is here. Because they're in unity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because we're all in the order of scripture of what God wants for our life based upon the will of God. It comes from God's hand upon that. God's instruction. I want to be one with him. How many want to be one with the Lord? Amen. This, a church should not ever be built on the personality of a speaker, the gifts of an individual. It comes down to one thing. He said, if you're going to have unity, there's got to be anointing that flows from the top down. Let me put it this way. If all of you were the pastor, we'd all be in trouble. God gave you one pastor. I mean, no, it's true. This isn't, this isn't, uh, uh, job security preaching right now. I'm very confident in who I am. But the fact of the matter is, is anointing comes from the top down and flows. When you know your role, you know your order. How many know if any good business has, has, has unity? It's got to have order. You've got from the top down in the military. You've got from the top down somebody in their ranking order. And when you're talking about that right here, you are talking about order. When it says let everything be done in decency and in order, What's it talking about? It's talking about order of command. You want to have unity in the home? What do you have? The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 11, are y'all with me right now? You haven't turned me off, have you? Well, turn me back on, amen. Listen to me for a minute. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He went on to say, he said, the head of every man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. The head of the woman is the man. He was set in the order of the home. It was God, Christ, which means the Messiah, the anointed position, all the way down to the husband, down to the wife, down to the children. It was let the home be in order. And it gives commandment, flowing through chapter 11. 
Chapter 11 starts in that narrative all the way to chapter 14. It's about order of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit should complement the pulpit. It's not about isolating you to be some great one. Gifts of the Spirit, are y'all hearing me tonight? Gifts of the Spirit are never to give you glory. Never so you can be seen. Never somebody, somebody can applaud you and say, man, they're spiritual. If you're intent to be used in the gifts of the Spirit so you will be honored, you are out of line, out of order, and that is pride. It should be to disappear among the congregation, to edify somebody in the body. Never, never for you. Everybody say the gifts of the Spirit are never to edify me. They're to edify somebody else. Somebody shout amen. And so when you're talking about the anointing, the anointing that was up on him, it ran down. It created an atmosphere of unity because everybody knows their place. My, 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 my. And when you submit to the order of your role and your position and your anointing and your calling, and you know, if, if you're a singer, if you're a singer, there ought to be the same anointing in the preaching. It ought to work hand in hand. The musicians, like tonight, how many felt that when they were singing tonight? Wasn't that so powerful? How many felt the anointing while they were singing? So powerful on a Wednesday night. But you know what it is? It's working hand in hand with the ministry. They praise God. Working hand in hand with the ministry for the word. I'll be done in a few moments, but he said, and thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Praise the name of the Lord. He said, Psalms 133, let's turn back there. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, went down to the skirts of his garments. He was saying this, when a church is in order, there's unity. Exactly what he's saying. Because it flows to every area of the church. Let's all stand and lift our hands and say, God, I, I want to be in your presence. I want to be in your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the anointing of the Lord is here right now. Oh, Lord, there's pastoral ministries under us. But God, the anointing flows from the top down. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can feel it at your house, but you feel it at church. Because your house becomes anointed. You're in, you're in divine order, authority, with God's word, with God's plan in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Amen, amen, amen. For the, for the, for the gators, come up here with me. For the mic, the mic, come here with me. Yeah, amen. I'm going to stand here with me. Praise the name of the Lord. Honey, you and Sister Tammy, Tammy's sister Millie, won't you come up here for a moment? Come on up. Yeah. Let me, everybody say atmosphere is based on order. It is. You know your role, you're happy to be there. You're not primed for a position that belongs to you. He's glad to be there. Everybody say order. That's what verse 2 is talking about. It's pleasant. It's good. It's atmosphere. Three, are you ready? Everybody shout power. Two's better than. One can put a thousand in a flight. Two can put. Everybody shout power. All right now. Watch this. It is like the dew of Hermon. How many ever seen a dew drop? How many ever been so thirsty you just wanted a dew drop? Mountain dew maybe. But not a dew drop. Because dew drops are so small, they're insignificant. And the earth in that area would be watered by the dew. Everybody say the dew. But when you take one dew drop and you link it to another dew drop, link, linked on. And you take another dew drop and link it to another dew drop. It rolls off a blade of grass. It connects to another drops that have linked from another blade of grass. It's a trickle. It's a small stream. Next thing you know, gravity. Everybody, gravity. Everybody say it's pulling it from the top. See the top? Aaron's head down. Herman. 
Mount of Hermon down. Watch the powerful point. When one dewdrop connects to another, it's, it's, a, it, it's a stream, it's a creek or a creek, depending where you're from. From a creek until a small river that leads to a sea of Galilee. That small river became known, are you ready? As the Jordan River. And what he was saying is unity is so powerful. If everybody would just connect together, if everybody would just flow together, if everybody would just operate together, if everybody would just start going in the right direction, you know what happens? Ministries become forces because everybody's going in the same direction. That's why the devil tries to get you to stay home from church. Because he's trying to stop the mighty force of the gathering of the people, the gathering of the dewdrops, the gathering of the worshipers, the gathering of the praisers. And when you say, oh, I'd be better off home. They won't miss me if I don't show up. It's not true. That's a lie. We want you to be. I know it's Wednesday. We got people separated all over the building. It's not dividing. We're just ministering to them on their level tonight. But when it's general session, we want everybody, as many people we can get in this building praising him. It becomes a mighty force to be reckoned with. It becomes earth-shaping, earth-moving. The, the millions of gallons of water per minute that flow into the Sea of Galilee is remarkable. It's no accident. If I can, I'll pick up on it next week. But the force is so incredible that during harvest time, all the banks are flooded. Why? Because of the dew that's coming together. Everybody's working together. I come to tell you, if you can, it, don't miss a service unless you have to. Don't just not get involved. Amen. Every time you clap your hands and praise Him, you're linking arms with another worshiper. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. The Mount of Hermon is what brings the water to the Jordan River that feeds the Sea of Galilee. You want to see miracles? Have unity. Look at all the miracles. Look at the baptism at Bethabara in the Jordan River. Elijah to Elisha, Moses to Joshua, at Bethabara in the Jordan River. What was he saying? What he did in Moses, he'll do in the next generation. What he did in Elijah, he'll do in Elisha. What he did in John the Baptist, he's going to do even greater in Jesus. Why? Because generations are linking arms. It's not an old people's church. It's not a young people's church. It's a multi-generational church. It's not a white church. It's not a black church. It's not a Hispanic church. It's the church. It's a multi-ethnicity, multi-nationality, multicultural church. Somebody shout glory when everybody gets involved. I'm going to church. I'm needed. I want everybody to say this. I'm going to the church because I am needed. I'm going to be missed. If I'm not there, something's not going to happen. I'm going. What am I doing? I'm going in the same direction. And I'm telling you, there are people watching that God is calling you. You've been, getting, you've been feeling the pull and the devil's doing everything he can to get you to stay. Come unto him. He said, come unto me. I'm telling you, there is a great call that God is bringing. There's a great force. There's a great revival. Everybody shout community. Get involved. Get to know somebody. Be involved in fellowship. Come to church and pray. How many ever had the devil tell you you won't be missed if you don't show up? A lot of people. Oh, yeah. But I'm here. And I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with. Not by myself because the only lonely disciple became a betrayer. The one that stepped out alone became Judas Iscariot. Oh, no. We're going to minister in twos and threes. That's what Jesus taught them. What was he saying? There's power together. There's power together. Somebody shout, there's power together. Jesus taught that when the one sheep goes astray, that's dangerous. You have to worry about the 99. They're together. Worry about the one lonely one. It'll be destroyed. Don't stay home. Come to the house of God. Get in a small group. Get to know somebody. You know why? It's a church community. And when there's unity, 
there is atmosphere that's pleasant. Because I tell you tonight, there is power to be reckoned with. Somebody shout power. I feel a prayer meeting coming on here tonight. It's 8 o'clock. I want you to lift your hands toward heaven. I want you to lift up your voice and begin to pray. Hallelujah. We are working together. We are in atmosphere together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, the Lord is moving. What is it I feel? It's unity. Miracles coming from us, the presence of God. Two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. Hallelujah. If you need a healing, you need a miracle in your body, I want you to come. Amen. You, need a, you have a need tonight. I want you to come. Step out of your seat and come and stand at the altar. Come on, if you need a touch of the Lord, come on. I've seen so many miracles in this building. I want you to make your way. It can be a family situation. It can be a soul situation. Emotional situation. But on a Wednesday night, we've got believers in the building. And where two or three are gathered. Small crowd or a bigger crowd. It doesn't matter. Just together. Unified. Something happens. Woo. Come on, that's it. Some of you prayer warriors, I want you to come and help me pray. Some of you intercessors. Some of you believers, come and help pastor pray. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.